0: A lost man, lost woman that doesn't know much about the Bible, has never read a Bible, uh, maybe never read much of a a verse of a Bible, has heard of John 3.16. They might not know the verse, but they've heard John 3.16. I know years ago in the 70s and 80s, it's like every time you turned on a football game, there was somebody up in the stands that was holding up a John 3.16 sign. I don't see that as much anymore. Y'all remember that going on? I remember that going on. You don't see that much anymore. But look at John chapter 3, verse 16. That's where we're going to begin this morning. John chapter 3, verse 16. Very famous verse. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. What well, I'm going to preach on this morning is the greatest Christmas gift ever given, and that greatest Christmas gift was given from God, and that was His Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. The Heavenly Father, Lord, as I come to you this morning, Father, again, Lord, I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will guide us, lead us, Lord, into all truth, Lord God. I pray, Father, that as we preach these words, Lord God, as we look at these words, Father, that they'll come off the page, Lord. And I pray again, Lord God, that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up in every way, Lord. And I pray, Father that uh, you'd work in this congregation and these people's hearts this morning. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray, amen. So I want to show you that God has given you a Christmas gift this morning, and it's a Christmas gift of Jesus Christ, because it says there, For God so loved the world. He so loved the world. For God, the greatest person, so loved, the greatest love, the world, the, the most people, the greatest people that He gave. See that loved and then He gave? That's called charity, when you become, when you have charity and what we call mature love, you begin, and that love you start giving. And we found that we should be that way at Christmas time. We start giving gifts, we start giving food, we start giving these things because we have love in our heart. And if you have love in your heart, it, it, love always turns into giving, always turns into charity. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 talks so much about charity, this and charity that, and. Uh, so, But you see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That son, that begotten, it's coming forth, it's manifesting out of God. That makes Jesus Christ God manifest in the flesh. That's why when the angel came to Mary, he said, you will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. When Jesus came into the flesh, that's God walking around among us. And God said, this is my gift for you. Well, what makes a child laying in a manger with swaddling clothes, what makes that little baby such a gift to everyone in this room? Well, that's what I want to show you this morning. Why? That's the greatest gift ever given to everybody in this room. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. I think that's what the whole world's striving for. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Everybody, uh, even lost men, lost women, uh, people who don't know Jesus Christ, they're all looking for that eternal life. They want to live forever. They want to live, they want to have that that youthful look. They want to live forever. And the Bible's going to promise you that, and it's going to be a promise through Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. This greatest Christmas gift, this Christmas gift from God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verses eight and nine. You notice these are two of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, John chapter three sixteen, um, John chapter three sixteen, and then Ephesians two eight nine. That's the one that Tebow wore all when Tebow was running around playing football. He always had that under his eyes. Ephesians two eight nine. This is what he wore. It's a famous verse. What does that verse say? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Man, that's a great set of verses. What, he, what I'm trying to show you this morning is this Christmas gift is given to you in grace. It's given to you in grace. Let's look at it again. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. This gift is a gift of God. is given to you by grace. It's not of works. In other words, all your religious works mean nothing to God. You can be in here this morning, and you could be lost, and you cannot know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You might not be born again, and when you stand before God after you take your last breath, and you stand before God at the Judgment Day, and you say, well, God, I was at, at Christmas time. I went to church at Indian Gap. And he's going to say, so? <laughs> Why is he going to say so? He's going to say so because you've got all that other sin that you don't have covered. You're not going to outwork your sin. Listen to me. You're not going to outwork your sin. You're not going to work enough to pay off all the sin debt you have. You can't do it. You say, well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and just, I'll just die for my own sin. You can't die for your own sin. Your blood can't cover your sin. You need to have pure blood. You need to have sinless blood. You need to have holy blood. Like the blood that was flowing through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that was born of a virgin. It's grace. It's grace. It's given. It's given in grace. Grace It says, therefore, by grace are you saved through faith. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. It's your saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. There's no work you're going to do. Why? Look at verse 9. Not of works lest any man should boast. You're not going to get up to heaven and start boasting about all the great things you did. Because that's not what got you into heaven. You're not going to get up in heaven and say, well, I did this for God, I did that, I went to church, I tithed, I was a good man, I was a good woman, I was doing that. God doesn't care about any of your works. It's all about Jesus Christ and everything else is horse manure. It's Jesus Christ plus nothing else. you got to get you out of here. It's not going to church, it's not Indian Baptist Church, it's not the Catholic Church, it's not the Church of Christ, it's not the Methodist, the Presbyterian, it's not the Episcopalian, it's none of it. It's not the Baptist Convention, it's none of that. It's Jesus Christ. It's only Jesus Christ. It's always been Jesus Christ. And in eternity, it's still going to be Jesus Christ. He was born of a virgin. He's Lord of lords and King of kings. He's the great Savior. He's the greatest gift God ever gave. His only begotten Son. He manifested out of God so He could come and die for mine and your sins. It's the greatest gift ever given at Christmas time, But so many people won't receive it. For by grace are you saved through faith. This Christmas gift is given by grace. What does grace mean? Grace is defined as free and unmerited love and favor of God. Free and unmerited love and favor of God. See, grace and mercy, when you hear mercy, you think, well, that's the same as grace. But grace and mercy are not the same thing. Grace and mercy are not the same thing. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. Grace is defined as getting something you don't deserve. It's just given to you. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. It's just given to you. That's what grace is. That's what this gift is. You're not going to earn it. It's not a works. It's just given to you. Now, mercy is something different. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. That's like going to before a judge and you're doing some criminal act. And the judge says, you know what? You deserve 10 years in prison, but I'm only going to give you seven. I'm going to show you some mercy. Now, a judge can show mercy, but a judge cannot show grace. Grab a hold of that. you got to understand it. A judge can show a little bit of mercy and say, I'm not going to punish you as much as you deserve, but when you you come before a righteous judge, and he has to judge you by the law that's written down. He has to drop that gavel and say, guilty. You're guilty. He can't show you any grace, but when you come to a father that loves you, like a holy father, and you take Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you're born again into the family of God, and now God's no longer your judge, now God's your father, now when you become before father with your sins, you know what a father can do? He can say, I love you, I forgive you, but you know what you did? he did to you? I don't care, he's my son, I love him, you not read the story that Jesus told of the lost son, the prodigal son that went off and lived righteously, and wasted all his dad's money, and blew it up, and then he was living and feeding hogs, and he got to thinking, he said, you know what? If I go back to my dad's house, he's got servants that are better than I am here in this hog pen. If I could just go back, I know my dad's mad at me. I know my dad don't want to have anything to do with me. I know I don't even deserve to be deserved to be called a son. But if I go back and ask my dad, surely I could just say, Dad, I know I don't deserve to be called your son. Would you just let me be with the servants and live better than I'm living out here with the hogs? So the son, the Bible says the son got in his right mind. And he started heading home. And when he's heading home, you know what that father was doing every day? That father was looking down that road for his son. He'd go out there and he goes, I wonder, I wonder how he's doing, I wonder where he's at. And he looked down that long road. And then one day that daddy got up, that daddy got to looking down that long road and he sees an old man walking down the road. And he says, I wonder who that is. And he sees the man get a little closer. He says, boy, he don't have, he has rags on, he's got an old beard." He, he doesn't look very clean. It must be some kind of hobo come up here to bum some money off of me. And he get to looking a little closer, and then some realization, the light bulb goes off, and he realizes, that's my son. You know what that daddy did? That daddy didn't say, you, you go back where you belong. You deserve everything you get. You know what that, the Bible says? Jesus Christ says that daddy said? said the Bible says, Jesus says the, that daddy ran out and hug that son, and kiss that son, and says, my son that's lost is now found. Kill the, fatted pat, fill the, kill the fatted calf, get the best robe, put the best robe on him, get the ring, the ring of, of family, put that ring of sonship, put that ring on my son's hand. This son belongs to me. That's how God looks at you this morning. You're a sinner lost and dying and going to hell, and he's died for you, and he's looking for you to come to him. And he wants you. And as a sinner, sometimes we're afraid, well, God could never forgive me of what I've done. God can never forgive me of what I've done. And God's forgiving you of everything you've ever done. He's just waiting for you. You say, but Pastor, if you know what I did, I did, I deserve the death penalty. Have you not read the Bible? In the Bible, in Luke chapter 28, when Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, there was another man that was being killed for his sins, hanging next to Jesus Christ. And that man told Jesus Christ, Lord, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And what did Jesus Christ say? You're a thief, you're a murderer. Get down off that cross and go get baptized. I want you to go do some works for me. Go tithe to the church. Jesus didn't say none of that garbage. What did Jesus say? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He forgave him. He saved him. On his deathbed. As a wicked sinner. Now come on guys. That's the best thing you're ever going to get. That's what grace is. There was a judge. I, was, I love this story. There was a judge that lived at the end of the 1800s. And he was a pretty strict judge. And everybody knew him. Not very many people liked him. Because he was very strict. Well one day his best friend got caught doing something he shouldn't do. Very, very... Uh, very bad stuff, was brought before this judge. So the whole town, being the way they were, they said, we're going to watch this judge and see what he does to his best friend. So the whole town crowded up into the courtroom and they got to watching his friend. And here comes his friend walking down the front. And, they start giving, and the judge starts reading everything that friend did. He's guilty of this, he's guilty of that. And all the, they got real quiet. They wanted to see what the judge was going to do because the judge, if he was right, he was going to sentence him. After he got through reading all the sentencing and all the stuff that his best friend had done, he picked up that gavel, and everybody got real quiet, and he dropped that gavel, and he said, guilty, $500 fine. And the crowd just aghast. The story I read, they said people just, they couldn't believe. that $500 back then was an unbelievable amount of sum of money, but he deserved everything he was getting and his Best friend had to drop the gavel on him. If you're going to be righteous, you have to do it, amen? Guilty. But you know what that old judge did? He stepped back from the bar. He took off his, he took off his judge clothes. He walked around the front. He pulled out his wallet. He pulled out $500. Slapped on the table. He grabbed his friend and said, okay, let's go to lunch. He paid the fine. He paid the debt. That's what God did for you, every one of you. I can't pay it. I can't pay it. God says, I'll pay it. I'll come down, manifest myself in the flesh. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'll go and I'll die for your sins. It's a gift. I didn't earn nothing. I didn't do nothing for it. I know you didn't. It's called grace. It's called, for God so loved the world, and that world includes you. He gave his only begotten son. That's called grace. Look at Romans chapter 5. Now the rest of this morning, if you're turning with me, and I hope you're following with me, Romans chapter 5, verse 15, I'm going to be in Romans the rest of this morning. So if you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one in front of you. If you want to follow along, I try to read all the scriptures. If I'm I'm saying something that you can't find in scripture, then don't, don't believe it. I'm a, I'm a, I believe like Martin Luther said. Martin Luther said, sola scriptura, sola scriptura. Martin Luther said that. That means only scripture. It's scripture and nothing else. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. I'm going to show you something else about this gift. This gift, uh, this gift, of course, is given in grace. And now we're going to find out that this, there's something else about this Christmas gift that God's given you. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 15. Now, if you've never, as a Christian, if you're a Christian in here, you've never read the book of Romans, you need to go and read the book of Romans and study it. You say, well, I don't understand it. Well, keep reading it. Keep reading it to you to understand. Study it until you get a good grasp of it. The book of Romans is one of the most important, if not the most important book in the whole Bible. it help you understand what I'm trying to say about your salvation and how God works and how God did it and all the legal things, justification, uh, imputation, all these things that were given to you by God through Jesus Christ. All that's talked about in Romans. And Paul talks about it. But here in verse 15, he's trying to describe why and how God's doing this when Adam brought sin into the world. Now, if you know the Bible in Genesis 1, you know that Adam and Eve fell. And when Adam took that apple and he ate that apple and brought sin or, or fruit or whatever you think it is, he brought sin into the world. And when, when uh, Adam brought sin into the world, his sin was in his blood and he passed that down to his kids. And their, them, and their dads pass it down to them, and their dads pass it down to them. And their dads pass it down to them, and their dads pass it down to them. And their dads pass it down to them. And your dad passed it down to you. And you pass it down to your kids. It's in your blood, that's where it's at. It comes from Adam. You're a sinner. Everybody in this room's a sinner. And it was given to you by your dad. That's why Jesus was born of a virgin. Because that blood was the father's blood. That's why it's important that Jesus is born of a virgin. He's got God's blood in him, not Adam's blood. He's got Adam's flesh. He's son of man. He's got Adam's flesh through Mary, but he's got God's blood. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He says, I thirst. He's the son of God. What does he say? as a son of God. He says, if you'll drink of me, you'll never thirst again. He's the son of He's the son of man. He sits at the bottom of the boat. He's sleeping. He's tired. He gets beat. He gets whipped. He's hurt. He cries. That's the son of man. Then as the son of God, he says, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. Raises the dead. To the sea, he says, Calm, Be calm to the seas. And they come. That's the son of God. He's the son of man, and he's the son of God. Why is that so important to me and you? That's so important because as the son of man, he can grab your hand. But as a son of God, he can grab God's hand, and he can put us together. He's the only mediator between man and God, the man, Christ Jesus. Now you know why he's the only mediator. Now you know why Muhammad can't do it. Now you know why Buddha can't do it. Now you know why the Pope can't do it. Only Jesus Christ is going to save you. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. It's a free gift. So my third point is, is that this gift that God's given you is a free gift. It's a free gift. It's not something you can earn. I obviously, you've already talked about that as it being grace. It's grace, so it makes it a free gift. Not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. That one would be Adam. If through the offense, the offense of Adam, one, many be dead, and we're all dead, look, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, I done preached on that, which is by one man, who's that? Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. Paul says, you know how Adam brought sin into the world and brought it on everybody, on many? Now Jesus Christ has come into the world, he's died, and now he's given that free gift to many. So say, well, that's not fair that my dad gave me sin. I know it's not fair. So God says, you know what? I'll give you grace. I'll give you a free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. You don't do nothing to earn it. You didn't do nothing to earn your sin from your dad. You're not going to do anything to earn this free gift from Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. It's grace. See that? The gift by grace. And, and now, as it was by one that sins, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. That one is Adam. To condemnation, so by one man, Adam, we're all condemned, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. By one man, sin is brought in, now we're condemned. By this free gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, of many offenses under justification. This is a gift, brothers and sisters, this is a gift that's going to keep on giving. That's why it makes it the greatest gift, the greatest Christmas gift, because it's a gift that's going to keep on giving. Praise God that your sins are not just forgiven since the moment you got saved. Understand what I'm saying. Once I got saved, I knew I was a sinner. I came down down an aisle in a church a lot like this church. I put my hand in the preacher's hand. I said, I want to get saved. And boy, I was changed, and I've never looked back. It's the best decision I ever made, getting saved. But guess what happened? I still sinned. So the sins that Christ paid for on the cross weren't just for those sins I had committed up until that time to the past. Those sins that Christ paid for aren't just for the sins you committed yesterday or earlier in the morning or ten years ago or a year ago. Those sins that Christ paid for are for all your sins in the future. Praise God for that. Whatever you do tomorrow, it's already been paid for. This is a gift that keeps on giving. This is what true grace is, brothers and sisters. This is the love that God has for you to give you eternal life, everlasting life through Jesus Christ. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And it's a free gift. Condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. Verse 17, let's read this one. If by one man's offense, that would be Adam, He he committed that one sin, death reigned by one. Because Adam committed that one sin, we're all going to die in here. By one man, that's why it happens, because of Adam. Much more they which receive abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. You see how important Jesus Christ is? You see how important Jesus Christ is? If you don't know it, you're going to get it, because listen to me. When Christmas time comes around and I see people starting to take Christ out of Christmas and they start using Xmas instead of Christmas and they start doing all that stuff, and you see me up here on a on a Sunday school or Wednesday night services and I'm ratting and raving about them taking Jesus Christ out. Why am I ratting and raving? Why do I take this so serious? I take it so serious because Jesus Christ is that serious. He's everything. Chad Reese and I and Brother Mark Smith, were at a Denny's down in Pensacola, Florida, and we had our Bibles open, and we were talking about the Bible, and we were trying to get something to eat, and that that waitress came over, and that waitress came over to us, and she said, y'all sure do take y'all's religion serious. And I spoke up, and I said, no, we take Jesus Christ serious. It's not about religion. It's about the man, Jesus Christ. And that's why. And the gift of right. look at the end of verse 17, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, only one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, and that happened through Adam, even so by the righteousness of one, one righteous man, Jesus Christ, the free, free, free gift, came upon all men unto justification of life. Praise God. It's a free gift. Any of y'all this morning get a gift and you're like, man, now I gotta go buy a Christmas gift for them now. <laughs> Anybody did that this morning? I had two. I don't like that. Be at work and you get all these people, I work around a bunch of guys and everything, and then one of them comes up and gives you a Christmas gift. Merry Christmas, and the only thing that comes to my mind is now I gotta buy you something. <laughs> I don't know if y'all are like that, but that's how I am, right? God's not like that. God comes up and gives you that free gift, and you're like, but, uh, God, I can't give you nothing back. I know. There's no way I could pay you for this eternal life. I know. It's called grace. I want you to have it. It's a free gift. Yeah, but i got to work now. i got to do this. i got to do that. It doesn't make it free anymore. Amen? Some of y'all are not getting it. Listen. I'm going to pull up to your house, and i bring in a brand new pickup truck. Because my... my our dad was over the house last night, and my wife gave him a gift card, and on the, on the back of the gift card, it had a picture of a pickup truck. And he goes, good, you got me a pickup truck. He was hoping he'd open up that little gift card and it'd have a, have a key in it to a truck. Here's the truth. I pull up at your house this morning, brand new pickup truck, whatever, whatever model make you want. You get that in your mind. I pull up, brand new one. I, I drop it off. I say, Merry Christmas. And you're like, glory to God. The pastors went nuts, but don't ask any questions. Just take the gift. Glory to God. Right? He's given me a truck. You would call all your friends, tell them how great the Baptist preacher is down at Indian Gap Baptist Church. He brought me a free truck. Praise God. Glory to God. So then January 31st rolls around, and you get, a, you get, a, you get something in the mail. And it's a payment book. And it says $800 for this brand new truck. And you're going to need to pay that for about, I don't know, about five years. Is that a free gift? Somebody's going to have to work to make those payments, aren't they? That's not, I didn't give you nothing, did I? So if God gives you Jesus Christ, and then you turn around and say, okay, well, now that I got Christ, now I'm expected to do all this work to keep my salvation, to do all this work to keep me going to heaven, that's not a free gift. That's not grace anymore. That's not works. I mean, that's works, that's not grace. We're talking about a free gift. It's said it over here once, twice, three times, the free gift. It's a free gift, and praise God, it is free. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness. This gift, guys, is a gift of righteousness. It's a gift of Jesus Christ, but what it is, it's really, truly a gift of righteousness. Shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So this gift, the third thing I want to show you, the fourth thing I want to show you, is this gift is a gift of righteousness. Well, do I need righteousness? I know some of y'all might be out there and say, what do I need that for? What do I need righteousness for? Well, you need righteousness because you are unrighteous. Look at Romans chapter 3. Just turn back to the page, a couple pages to the left, Romans chapter 3. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law's manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now what he's saying there is there was a law and under the Old Testament law, the Judea law, you did these laws, you kept these laws and it would make you righteous in God's eyes. You sacrificed, you 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 did this, you kept the 10 commandments, but there was a lot more to it than that. But you did these laws and it was right it made you righteous. And tried to make you righteous. And what Paul's saying here Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Now there's a way to be righteous with God without having to keep a law, without having to do any kind of works. Verse 22, "Even even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So between Jew and a Gentile. What he's saying is when you put your faith into Jesus Christ at that moment, When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God says, now you are righteous. You're righteous, you're good. All of Jesus Christ's righteousness is put on you. Why? Because of verse 21. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room is a sinner. Everybody is a sinner. And that's a great truth that nobody likes to admit that we're all sinners. And if you've been saved for 80 years, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody in this room is a sinner. We need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And the only way you're going to get that is through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, how did God do that? How did God give me this gift of righteousness? Well, look at Romans, go back to Romans chapter 5, and Paul explains it. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. I'm giving you a theology study on on the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commendeth His love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, most of us gave Christmas gifts to those, the ones we love. Amen? I've got some enemies. My wife knows exactly who they are. And my wife said, well, you know, I love my wife. It's like having a second Holy Spirit living with me. Well, you know, you could give that, you know that guy, you know, that 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 that. And I'm like, yeah, the one I hate, hate his guts? He goes, yeah, the one you hate his guts? I'm like, yeah, said, you could give him that Christmas gift. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Why well, don't I want to be nice to him? He, he hates my guts, I hate his guts. Why do I want to do that to him? Well, then, of course, the Holy Spirit starts working. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I guess I'll go give him this Christmas gift by a humbug. So I'll go down to give him the Christmas gift, and he's already gone. And I'm like, praise God. I didn't have to to give it. Listen, most of us in here gave gifts to people we love, right? That's not how God works. God gives us the gift while we were yet enemies, while we were yet sinners. God gave us those gifts. When you hated God, he still gave you this gift. I gave the testimony Wednesday night. A lot of y'all don't know my testimony, but I gave my testimony Wednesday night, some of it that when I was 16, 15, 16, I hated God. I hated Jesus Christ. I hated all of you Christians. I hated all of y'all. I didn't want to have anything to do with you Christians. And I mocked and made fun of you Christians. And I didn't like y'all at all. And God still died for me. And Jesus Christ still died for me. That gift of, of righteousness still given to me. As a sinner, look, but God commended this love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Much more now, excuse me, much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. You were an enemy of God, you were a sinner, and Christ still died for you. Still gave his son. It's an amazing thought. And it says there in verse 9, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Justified by his blood. What does that mean, Pastor? Justified. Justified is a legal term, meaning that it's just if you would never done it. It's not like a pardon. A pardon says, okay, you've done it, but we're going to let you go free out of prison. Get on out of here. Justified is when you go to the court, they're saying, we don't have no record of you ever doing that. We don't have no record of you ever doing that. You know what that means? When we get up to heaven... And they open up those little books that have all our sin written in it. They're going to look at all those books, and my book's going to be pretty thick. Of all the sin I've ever done, they're going to go look at that sin, and they're going to say, what all sin has he done? They're going to say, I can't see any. Why can't you see any sin here? I don't see any here because it's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Justified by the blood. See, Jesus Christ, or God the Father, only decorated one tree at Christmas time." And that tree, he put on that tree, he put the, his only son on that tree. And he, the gift he put underneath that tree of his son was the blood of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I'm getting close to closing. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I'm getting close to closing, guys. We'll get out of here. For if by one man's offense, look at verse 17 again. For if by one man's offense... Death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. See that receive word in there? That's very important. Because what I know about gifts and what God knows about gifts is God can offer you this gift. I can offer you a Christmas gift. I don't mean you have to receive it. See, that's the crux. That's the problem is that God, Jesus Christ, died for our sins 2,000 years ago. And for 2,000 years, this gift's been offered. For 2,000 years, the gift's been offered to lost man and woman. Child, take the gift. Here it is. Take the gift. And nobody has been receiving it. There's been a few of us that come up, but think about the whole world by the billions that are going to hell because they just won't receive this free gift. You got If a gift is offered to you, you've got to receive it. I've seen people grown a grown lady that was given a gift, and she said, I don't want your gift, and just threw it back on them. I've seen it happen. If you've ever tried to witness to somebody about Jesus Christ and tried to witness to them about getting saved, I've seen it happen a hundred times, uh, two hundred times. Where you'll, I, I've been in prisons where I've been talking to, to people in prison and been talking to them and witnessing to them, and you can see the conviction of the Holy Spirit on their face, and it looks like they're going to get saved, and then at the last minute they're like, no, I don't want him right now. What are you waiting on? I'm just not ready right now. You can reject it. You can reject this gift. It can be rejected and not took. Look at Romans chapter 6. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 and this is the last verse. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not enough just to know about him. The devils know and believe and the devils know and believe in Jesus Christ and the Bible says they tremble with fear. Well, what's the difference? They believe and they know and they know about his resurrection. They know about Jesus Christ. They believe him just like any other Christian. They will not repent and they will not receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's enough, it's it's the head knowledge. And it's got to go from the head, brothers and sisters. It's got to go from your head. It's got to go down here to your heart. You've got to receive Him. And if you do, look what you'll get in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. There it is. Everybody in this room is going to die. And that, you're going to die because of, of sin. The wages of sin is death. But I got some good news for you. But the gift, and that's the gift I've been preaching on all morning long, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Only through Jesus Christ is eternal life. So what happens is whenever you take Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you put your faith in him, what God does is called justification. I read it just right there in Romans 5, 8 9. What he does is he takes all of Jesus Christ's righteousness and he puts that righteousness on you. Now, Keegan Hall standing here, I believe in Jesus Christ. All of Jesus Christ's righteousness is on me. So when God looks down from heaven, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Well, what happened to all your sin? All my sin and sins I'm ever going to commit have been took and put on Jesus Christ at the cross. That's why Christ was hanging on the cross. He says, My Father, my Father, why hast thou forsaken me? As the sin of the world was put on Jesus Christ. Paul went on to describe it in Corinthians as Jesus Christ became sin. And he took all that sin, and he was buried, and the Bible says that his soul went down into hell, and he took those, those sins and he threw them into hell, and for never to be remembered again. And he came up the third day to live forevermore. You're talking about Jesus Christ with the resurrection power. He says he'll give you eternal life. Look at verse 23. If somebody says that, they better prove it. Right? He's the only one that proved it. I can take you and go show you Muhammad's bones. I can show you some places where they think Buddha was buried. Confucius, but you're not going to find the bones of Jesus Christ. Because Muhammad is dead, Buddha is dead, but Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. You seeing why it's so important that Jesus Christ is your gift? You said, well, that's just what Paul teaches. That's just a part of the Bible that Paul taught. You know what Jesus Christ said? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's a direct quote of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I ask you this morning, have you received him? It's a gift. It's an amazing, beautiful gift. It's all free. It's free, free. And Jesus said, if the the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. It's free. You just got to come down and receive it. Let me leave you with just one last story as I close. One last story. This man was having trouble with his son. He had whipped his son, spanked him. I know that's a a dirty word nowadays, but he did spank his son. His son wouldn't behave. So he knew one thing his son didn't like. His son didn't like going down into the basement. Whatever reason, his son was scared of that basement. So one day his son was acting up again, and he had just about enough of it, and he told his son, you know what, that does it. I'm through with that. I'm through messing with you. You're spending the night tonight down in that basement. And the son was horrified. So the time, the guy, they had supper. They were sitting at the table. The son didn't say a word. The son was just discouraged. son was looking down, barely ate any of his food. And, his, and dad's, dad and mom were there at the table. And dad says, son, it's time for you to go to bed. So the son went upstairs, got his pillow, got his blanket, went down into the basement, went down in there, and went down and made him a pallet, started sleeping. Well, the dad and the mom were up at the table and they could hear their son down there in the basement start crying, start sobbing. And the dad was sitting at the table. You know how, you know how we, dad, we dads are soft-hearted? We start kind of feeling guilty about what we've done. And he starts talking to his wife. He says, honey, I can't stand to hear my son down there cry. He's hurting and it's bothering me. The wife said, well, honey, if, if, you go, if you go let him out of there, he'll never respect your word again. Yeah, I know, baby, I know. And he kept hearing his son down there crying. And while the son was down there crying and weeping and sorry for what he had done, laying on his pallet, down in the dark, he saw the door of the basement open up. And there was his dad holding a pillow with a blanket. And his dad walked on down the stairs, lay down beside his son, and they slept together through the night. what god did for you he can't let you get away with it so he came down into flesh as jesus christ and lived it and died for you just like that good dad did for his son i can't let you out of your punishment but i can help take the punishment with you that's what jesus christ did for you will you receive him will you take him It's a free gift. It's not an invitation to come join this church. It's not an invitation to get baptized. It's not an invitation to do anything in your life. You say, well, pastor, I don't want to change my life. Don't you worry about changing your life. What you need to worry about is taking Jesus Christ because nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. You just take Jesus Christ. You let him work on your life. It's not our job. It's not this church's job. It's not your job to clean yourself up. Let the Lord Jesus Christ do that. You'll be amazed what he can do in your life. Family, Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your grace and mercy, Lord God. And I do pray, Lord, that if there's somebody out here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Lord, as we give this invitation, they'll come on down and get saved, Lord God. And Lord, I know it's simple, simple faith. Lord, that's what I did. I just put my faith in you, Lord God, and I've never been the same. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at indiangapbaptist.com.